Hey, Juicebox. Yep. How are we feeling about this 34% tax hike here in Nashville? Oh, not, not great, man. Not great. What about kids going back to school? Well, I feel for the people that have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with that currently right now, but man, people that do, I can't imagine the stress. What about the uh, modified phase 2.16333? <sighs> Um, do you mind if I open this bottle of uh, bourbon over here and then answer that question? Uh, yeah, but first, let's talk about Bill Haggerty and Manny Sethi. Oh, God. <laughs> I might need something a little stronger than this bourbon if that's what we're going to talk about. Well, great news. I actually have something for all of those things. Um, okay. Yeah. This week's episode is actually sponsored by Two Tours CBD. Oh, yeah. I, I was confused about what that was last time. Two Tours CBD is a full-spectrum CBD's product company that includes oils, tinctures, and sugars. Mmm, sugar. <laughs> they, it actually helps with uh, things like arthritis, insomnia, chronic pain, and finally, stress. Okay, okay. That so it, you eat this sugar and it relieves your stress. That that is true. Uh, it it will take the pain away from a thirty four percent tax hike. It'll take the pain away from watching your kids sit in front of a computer learning from teachers. Uh, it it also kind of helps with the stress of the current you know Senate elections or the phases we're in or the fact that you can't get alcohol to go anymore. So with that said, go to twotours.com forward slash raising Nashville for your special offer today. Two tours CBD. We came home together, we grow together. Raising Nashville. Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Wait. Something's missing? Some, it feels like something's missing. I thought we had a third personality on this show. I thought we did too. I always remember cracking a beer and then waiting a couple seconds. And you hear another name. Yeah. Uh, no, before we get into the episode today, we do have to provide an update on our third personality formerly or you guys know him as old boy um he has decided to take another venture uh here in nashville which we are somewhat in support of so he's going to take the time that he used on this podcast and invest it towards his new company which uh we found out is a new transportainment company downtown i mean we need another one we do and even he has got the balls to do it in the midst of a pandemic well it doesn't seem like uh any rules apply to transportainment companies currently so no and that's probably a smart move on his part we did find out we talked to old boy uh again he's not going to be with us moving forward because he is starting this new company it's actually called don't go chasing waterfalls mm -hmm. and it's a transfer it's it's a party bus downtown that has a makeshift waterfall on it and he's cut the top of a school bus off. I've seen the renderings. They look great. It's pretty incredible. He's created this mountain, kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Kanye West tour a couple of years ago, but he creates this mountain on top of the back of the school bus, and on one side is a waterfall, and you get to ride up and down Broadway while drinking your own beer and stand under a waterfall for all of the, the spectators to see. Yep. It's kind of like... um. 
a wet constant wet t-shirt contest i guess yeah yeah what you know it fits the mold <laughs> yeah it's, it's nashville downtown will love it um so what we're gonna do moving forward is we are going to invite special guests on for certain episodes uh we are going to leave this seat here and we'll fill it every now and then uh with you know some of our our friends and so, some people who want to talk about some of the subjects we cover on raising nashville and uh maybe over time we will find our next uh well let's call it the sammy hagar effect <laughs> So uh, we're going to we're going to find eventually find somebody to fill that seat. But in the meantime, we're just going to constantly bring on special guests. We hope you guys are excited because we've got some pretty awesome episodes coming up. I think we're covering Dolly Parton. We're Mm -hmm. covering the ruins and uh, the the fun times of Starwood Amphitheater. Yeah, which I have no idea about. So that'll be an interesting episode for me. Excited to educate you on something that I basically grew up going to. Did Dolly Parton ever play at Starwood? Amphitheater? She had to have. I'd never seen Dolly Parton play at Starwood, but I guarantee you, she was probably like a resident uh, special guest for for all the bands that played there. Cool. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Um, we're going to have some stuff about, you know, grandparents, but uh, today we're going to get into something uh, that touches a little bit home. What we wanted to do was uh, kind of provide an update on the state of Nashville, uh, now that we've provided an update on the state of our podcast, um, we want to tell you what's going on in Nashville and cover a few things. So we're going to name this episode. What phase is it? Which fits perfectly because we honestly have no idea. It seems like things change every three days. No kidding. So uh, we want to provide an update on, uh, you know, schools, uh, the phases that we've going through that keep evolving and constantly changing. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the property taxes. It's been an issue over the last couple of weeks. And then we finally, uh, at the end of the episode, we're going to quickly cover this uh, extremely heated, at least one side was heated election that just happened for the Senate in Nashville or in Tennessee. Oh my God. I I can't wait to never see another Manny Sethi ad again, (laughs) either for or attacking him. Cause I felt like that was all that was on TV for a few weeks there. He became a household name in the state of Tennessee. No kidding. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and jump on an update from last week's episode. Hopefully a lot of you got to hear it. And if not, feel free to go back and listen. Uh, Our episode called Back to School, it was back to our podcast as well. Uh, We came out of the gate swinging with uh, something that's on every parent's mind, which is how to navigate schools virtually. We said that, you know, Tennessee did a good job. I think the teachers worked all summer to get this going, and they seem to be in a good place to unveil the new virtual learning or the way schools are going to happen. That wasn't necessarily the case. Well, no, I think we talked about it on the last episode. Like the undertaking of trying to take teaching online is something that probably could have taken several years to like work out. And then they just had two months, maybe not not even that, because it felt like it was still so unsure of like exactly what was going to happen. So it was like they never committed all the way one way or the other. Absolutely. So I was excited. I have a a 10 year old that is virtually learning from a local public magnet school here in Nashville. And then uh, I've got a three-year-old who actually attended school for the first time last week in pre-K 
at a at a private school here in Nashville. And we talked about that on the episode, how public versus private's handling this. One's going back, one's not. Is the rest of that private school open also, or are they doing virtual learning for the older kids? The whole school is open, K okay. through 12. Um, obviously, there's different stipulations as the older you get, the more masks, the more social distancing, the fact that you're eating lunch virtually in a stall in a bathroom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but no, it, it is open and there has been issues with that. Uh, I guess we'll touch on that first is the fact that from what I read this morning is the fact that almost, uh, it was upwards of like 48,000 coronavirus cases were found in schools throughout the state of Tennessee. Oh my God. Just in this past week. Yes. And it wasn't necessarily like it was a case. And then anybody who had touched the case, they were they were coupling that in. So basically if a kid or two kids in class uh, were tested positive for coronavirus, everybody else in the class now has to quarantine for 14 days. Um, So we kind of knew that was coming. We didn't know it would come that fast because there's a lot of counties in the state of Tennessee that have already been open for school for a couple of weeks now. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Davidson County, we just opened last week and we talked about this virtual thing. And again, I have a 10 year old that goes to a local public school here in Nashville, and he was so excited to start virtual learning. We were there Monday, 750. You know, you have to be on your Chromebook and you have to be ready to attend homeroom. And all of a sudden shit just hit the fan. I mean, day one, right out of the gates, the first thing I hear is a teacher on his virtual learning saying, I'm going to need everybody to log out and wait exactly five minutes because every time a kid logged in first, they had to, they became the admin of the Zoom call. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. Each, each kid becomes the teacher as oh, they yeah. log on. <laughs> they, the kid can choose what they want to do. They want to mute people, block people. They, they can see people. It was insane. That just reminds me of that Tom Hanks movie a couple years ago where he like fought the Somali pirates and that dude was like, I'm <laughs> the captain now so these kids are just like i'm the teacher now (laughs) it was basically like that um uh, and then day two uh was even more interesting because they worked out some of those issues i think day one was all about teaching kids how to log on and log out how to enter each classroom um which it took a couple of days to figure that out so day two we hear another teacher of asher's uh say I have no idea how this works or what's going on. And she basically was zooming from a phone and a computer. So there was just a lot of feedback. Oh, right. She was telling kids this might not work today. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you you don't get to do that. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to say face and at least say we're working on it. I have the IT department working on it. Just anything other than I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then there was the funniest thing was they crazy. They go to school Tuesday and Wednesday virtually. They're out for a teacher in service day on Thursday already. You know, maybe it's just to rest and recharge and try to figure out how Zoom works because yeah. no teacher has been apparently using it all summer. And then Friday comes in and we do hear the teacher on a Zoom call say say so and so please stop using cuss words in the chat. And I'm like, God, these kids are 10 years old. It was a, is a very rocky start. We're about to start again. Today starts a whole new week. Uh, they're going to be in class all week. Uh, still, you see some kids that don't have the video on some kids that do have the video on. Um, not necessarily everybody in the class is still in attendance. They are providing homework. 
But what blows me away about the schedule is, so they start class at 8 a.m., they go through three or four classes a day, and then the next day they go to different classes. All classes end at 12.15, and actually technically 11.30 when lunch starts. Right. At 12.15, when lunch is over, kids are supposed to be on their own time, own learning from 12.15 to 3. So now that puts it on the parent to ensure that they're doing their classwork from the day. Then after 3.15, they start doing homework. And it's just, if you're a working parent, it's impossible to monitor. I, I don't have an answer, obviously, but that that's not the most conducive way for a kid to learn either. Like, just learn on your own for three hours. Yeah. Again, it's structure. It's y'all, a teacher could log on in the afternoon and do like a, you know, basically I equate it to if we had aftercare at school, right? Yeah. There should be an aftercare class. Well, uh, yeah, you, can, you that, can have 40 kids on that zoom. I don't care. Um, yeah, that, or even just like, maybe you just call it like a study hall or something. And there is a teacher logged in or, you know, like, like something, it just feels like just totally disconnecting for the afternoon is not the no, not the best way to handle. I like that. that. I like the study hall aspect where kids can ask questions if they have questions on their work, um, and they're not coming to their parents and asking because I haven't been in fifth grade in thirty years. Yeah, um, I vaguely remember a, a TV show about that. Uh, are you smarter than the fifth grade? <laughs> I'm Turn, definitely not. Turns out about half of America is it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> great. So that's an update on schools. We hope that they're going to get their stuff together and this is going to run smoothly. They still have a date of the Monday or the Tuesday after Labor Day to go back in classes. At this point, with only four days under their belt, I don't think that's going to happen. Man, I was talking to my neighbor this morning, and um, his wife works in the school system. And he was saying, you know, they're saying Labor Day or whatever, but he was saying that he, he thinks it's going to be like Christmas time at the yeah. earliest before they're going to come back. They just don't want to say that yet for some reason. I'm going to say 2021. And again, I say they probably say fall break to, you know, give kids some hope. And yeah. then they push it back to after Christmas break. And then who knows what the winter is going to provide or the fall here, you know, in in the United States as far as cases go, as far as how many kids are contracting it in school or bringing it home. It's going to be an ever ongoing issue that we just can't control. Yeah. And at this point you've got to be able to adapt to it. Otherwise you're going to go insane. Yeah. Well, and one thing else I want to add, like the whole like stipulations, I mean, and a lot of places of employment are doing this as well. So it's not just schools, but like the stipulation is, you know, they take your temperature when you come in, they ask you if you've had any symptoms. What we're finding out is most people that are carrying this virus probably don't have symptoms. So it's like, you're not going to have a fever. So that fever test does absolutely nothing. And if they tell ask you, you know, if you've had any symptoms, no, you don't have them. But. Or, or if you have symptoms, it could be completely something different. Yeah, totally. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Dana went and got a COVID test because, I mean, not that we had been doing it, you know, being around anybody or being any, doing anything dangerous, but she has bad allergies and that started to kick in. And it was just like, you have to take the precaution of getting tested because you don't know nowadays. Sure. Um, with that being said, uh, speaking of ever evolving and changing, let's talk about Nashville's phases. Um, cause who knows what phase we're in? They, I mean, you knew it was bad when they started putting 0.5 on the phases. <laughs> like what's it going to be? We're going to be, we're going to be in phase 2.63 or something. 
with a what is it you put the little line over the last one so it's 2.6333333 just keep going uh currently nashville is in a modified i hate that word phase two just call it phase two uh, because we know you're making modifications to it and those modifications happen every three days it seems but we made it to what we made it to phase three. Then we dropped back to phase two. Then they started making modifications. So uh, obviously, most of you people know out there that bars are officially closed right now. Um, well, there's a gray area about that. Uh, okay, but for the most part, yeah. Bars that do not serve food. We're talking uh, even friends. Uh, does friends count because they serve frozen burritos and hamburgers? Uh, see, I'm not sure because the other thing I don't totally understand is like. Yazoo Brew doesn't serve food, do they? They don't. They have a food truck outside. But that's not even every single day. But they have not, they're still open. Like you can get carry out and you can drink on their patio. So that's a brewery, not a bar. Maybe that has to, something to do with it. Um, because Tennessee Brew Works is open and they've been open pretty much the whole time. But they do serve farm to table food. If you have not been to Tennessee Brew Works, I'm going to go ahead and plug that right now because that place is amazing uh, for lunch and a flight of beer. Heck yeah. Um, Anyway, so bars closed, restaurants at 50% capacity. Here's something new. Uh, There is a limit of six guests per table in a restaurant at 50% capacity. That wasn't in the phase before? It was eight. So they've moved from eight to six. Don't know what two people is going to do, but I get it. Um, Transportainment is closed. That was one of the newer things that has happened in Nashville. But again... Is it? <laughs> I think it's like when you go downtown, you're not seeing the pedal taverns and the school buses. I don't um, know, man. I've been seeing some some uh, footage of those things open downtown. I think what, what did they say? You're not allowed to drink on them or something? Or is there there was some weird stipulation that like could get them back on the road that was obviously not going to be enforceable? True that you cannot consume alcohol if 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 you are able to consume alcohol on any vehicle that you pay to go on, then they have to be closed down. So I guess. Uh, pedal taverns and things like that could technically open if you're not consuming alcohol. But I think some of them have decided to stay closed. But we all know what happened back in March and April with that party wagon deal that oh, was yeah. completely anti this the entire time. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Okay, so uh, obviously face masks have been pushed hard. Even the president is now somewhat supporting a face mask. Yeah, (laughs) somewhat. Which is crazy. Uh, Businesses have capacity limits. Uh, Obviously, there are no gatherings now have gone from 25 back down to 10 uh, in this modified phase two, if I'm not mistaken. And then the most recent thing that happened was this Friday. Um, The mayor, because all of these suggestions are coming from elected officials, the community, uh, you know, people in the in the government, they're suggesting things. So he's. It seems like at this point, Mayor Cooper is just trying things out. Yeah. The most recent thing he decided to try out was no to go alcohol in the downtown or midtown areas, and that's open or closed alcohol, which has been pretty successful over this entire coronavirus thing. Is you can roll up to a Mexican restaurant, take some margaritas to go, mm-hmm. um, drink them at your home or in your car. It's your decision. Don't drink it in your car. Okay, <laughs> but uh, that was my first thought. Uh, <laughs> places like the Fox Bar have been, you know, making craft cocktails to go, or at least mixers. Yeah, um, no, that, that's been great. It's been a nice little like savior. I feel like. Uh, a way to get out without going out. Yeah. And weeks and weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, your family went downtown and you were able to get a cocktail to go and walk around downtown, right? Dan and I got a cocktail and just kind of walked around downtown. I mean, 
There was nobody down there then. Yep. But now there is people down there. Yeah, and everywhere. it's we've made everything from TMZ news to uh, you know, the bars opening up and no maskville is what they've deemed us. We've had fashion parties that have some questionable things going on at those. Well, let's just talk about that for just a minute. Like did you know anything about that before it happened? Did you see any advertisements or anything for it? I did not, but apparently the whole country knew about it. That's what yeah, that's what I don't understand. I guess I'm just not cool enough and not in the know to know about that party. But man, as soon as they showed it, like Instagram and Twitter and everything just lit up. Like it was And it was the beginning of what, virtual fashion week here in Nashville. So yeah. they opened this place called the Fashion House on Fern Avenue. Uh it's in East Nashville. If you guys want to go by and visit it, it's a massive house. Yeah. I went by three days after this party happened and there were still news trucks out there. The funniest thing was there were like news reporters trying to interview the construction workers across the street about <laughs> the party. And I just see the guys with basically the two hands up emoji. They're like, Why are you trying to talk to me? Yeah. They're just trying to make a story out of something. But they flew in like call girls from all over the country like the top instagram influencers got full rides to come here and be at that fashion party there were two thousand people in line no masks maybe maybe one mask here or there but for the most part no so we're becoming like a virtual city of florida um right now here in nashville (laughs) (laughs) it's just uh, so a lot of people hate it. I mean, there was a uh, what surprised me was this past Saturday, uh, there was a caravan uh, kind of protest downtown where you could decorate your car and drive in downtown and basically say, get out of our city. You're <laughs> ruining it for all of us. Are these out of town tourists? I mean, they have to be right. Like They are. So hmm. they're still flying here. They're driving here. They're not giving up their bachelor party or bachelorette party just because COVID's happening. Uh, I see a lot of families downtown, and it's like, I can't believe you decided to bring your family to Nashville. But at the same time, I, I hate to play devil's advocate, but if you've been planning something for so long, you've been cooped up for now four and a half going on five months, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And uh, also part of the phase two modified 2.16, whatever we're in, <laughs> uh, bars and restaurants have to close. We have a curfew at 10 o'clock. Thank God, because everybody knows the virus spreads more after 10 p.m. Nothing good happens after midnight, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so that's when people lose their inhibitions and they start uh, spitting on each other, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So we closed at 10 o'clock. I, the, anything the mayor can try, I guess he is trying. And this is not a statewide thing. Him and Governor Bill Lee do not agree on a lot of things. And I completely understand why. Um, I, I've, I have been very verbal about not liking our mayor, but he's starting to conform past that old Pat Oswald look. Uh, he, you know, he, he's kind of doing some things that are needed to be done. Well, I mean, he got the biggest plate of shit handed to him, like right mm-hmm. off the bat too. I mean, people were already mad about him because he was talking about taking money away from downtown and investing it back in neighborhoods. So that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, you know? And sure. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't want to totally destroy downtown because it is what makes Nashville, Nashville. But I would like to see more investment into our schools and more neighborhoods or whatever. But at the same time, you know, we get hit with the tornado and then the coronavirus and then this like there's a massive deficit in the budget. I mean, he just he can't win at this point. Like He can't. He took on the worst. I mean, it is one of the worst jobs. And, you know, speaking of that, I, like I, I would love to know how many people showed out to vote for Mayor Cooper, because uh, we were talking and I, I, 
I said this the other day. I looked. I, I looked it up five years ago when Megan Barry was, you know, announced as mayor and won the election. Only seventy-five thousand people in Nashville actually voted for her. So I think if, in hindsight, if we would have looked back, there would probably been a lot more votes during that election. Uh, but Mayor Cooper did win, and he probably didn't expect this, but it has happened. Uh, for the record, he got sixty-two thousand votes in the runoff. Like not the, you know, not the initial primary or whatever. He got 35,000 in that, but he got 62,000 compared to Bradley's 27,000. So only 80 something thousand people voted in that. Yeah. Um, so, but he, uh, that getting a plate of shit handed to him is a good way to put it because let's roll into the fact that uh, what he has had to do, other than, you know, clean up Nashville, keep people six feet apart, keep modifying these phases, taking advice from doctors. Uh, constantly holding press conferences every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, keeping up with the very aggravated tourism uh, businesses here in Nashville, talking about small bars versus large bars, getting in fights, mm-hmm. uh, protests. I mean, everything that he, he has gone through the book of Revelation in the Bible so far in Nashville. He's only been in office less than a year. Or yeah. A year. I mean, we didn't even... We haven't even really talked about it on prior episodes or anything, but there's been people protesting at the Capitol for like uh, uh, over two months straight now. Yeah, everything. And he's actually uh, engaged in some of those protests, too. So um, a lot of people, there's two sides to that. People are for it. People are against it. Um, He was part of the one that became the big kind of riot type of thing where they're throwing fire in the courthouse and taking yeah. out Broadway windows. He yeah. was part, he started that. He organized that uh, peaceful protest, which didn't turn too pre- peaceful. Yeah. But you know, that's, yeah, that's not on him. That's always, there's always going to be some troubles, troublemakers that come down to start stuff on that. Sure. So let's transition into what else that he's had to take on is uh, something that a lot of people have been discussing over the last three, four, five months is the increase in property taxes, 34%. It's a big number. That is a large, like when you think about it, um, that's, it's just, it's hard to be hit with a 34% tax increase. Uh, I, I, I could understand five, eight, 10% maybe that seems like a lot, but 34. But in hindsight, we want to talk to you guys about uh, property taxes today because once we discovered and look it up, I know a lot of people don't like that. They love living in cheap areas of the country uh, like Alabama and Louisiana and West Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, but we really don't have, you know, even with this raise, uh, we don't have one of the highest property taxes in the country. We're actually falling fairly on the lower side. And also, let's let's go ahead and say, like, property taxes here hadn't been raised since 2012, and the city is a lot different than it was in 2012. Absolutely. So, and that's a good point you bring that up, because the reason that Mayor Cooper is getting this storm dropped on him is the fact that uh, the previous mayors were more focused on uh, the being the it city, you yep. know, so uh-huh. they were investing more into renovations in the Titan stadium. Uh, they're investing into getting a soccer team to come to Nashville. Right. Um, prior to this, you know, obviously most of the country knows about the NFL draft and bringing big conventions like the NRA here and spending money on that, basically revitalizing Nashville to turn it into country music name Disneyland country music Vegas yeah that's it and I think they were more focused on bringing in the transportainment and you know they were focused not necessarily on what's happening 
but what they could build for the future by leaving the residents kind of behind. Yeah. Well, and also what I've, I've come to understand is they were using a lot of our quote unquote rainy day fund to help fund or pay for some of those things. So instead of like replenishing that for like when there's a tornado and a coronavirus that makes us lose a half a billion dollars in tourist money, we would at least have something to kind of fall back on. Obviously not a half a billion dollars, but yeah, you know, we'd have something, but now there's like, there's nothing basically. So we were looking at massive government layoffs and massive cuts in services. First and foremost, no one was going to get a raise. Lots of people are going to lose their job. And I feel this is a weird thing. Like, cause honestly, like I looked it up, I think with this tax increase, we're, we're going to have to pay like almost $800 more a year for like our property taxes. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but we have been paying on the lower side of the United States for a very long time. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I get that. I totally agree with that. And also, like like I said, it's a lot of money. I also want people that like work for the government and teachers to like get raises and I want them to have the funds that they need. I want them to like, you know, I want them to be able to succeed in teaching our kids or, you know, taking care of our city or, you know, fixing the potholes in the street. Like I don't mind paying a little bit extra extra as long as it's spent in the proper way. Sure. But I think that's another problem is like, it's kind you know, it's kind of gray. You can look into the budget and see where all this money is going, but it's, it's, there's still waste. Yep. It's like, uh, hey, I heard that Amazon wanted to come set up headquarters in Nashville. Let's open this imaginary rainy day box and give Amazon a bunch of money to move here. Which should not happen anyway. No, but that's how things work. That's how those big companies start and put their headquarters here. Again, we've been dealing with it for a long time, but I want to talk a little bit about Tennessee and specifically uh, in regards to property taxes, because we are currently per capita the seventh lowest state in the United States as far as property taxes go at around on median average of $862 a year. So it is going to significantly raise. Um, but when you think about it, there are a lot of states that are paying a heck of a lot more in property taxes and have been for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so we are currently 37th from top to bottom on all 50 states. So we're 37th. So that's, again, very, very low. Medium home value is 16th lowest in the country and our medium household income is 10th lowest which that is where I thought we would be making a little bit more money, but we don't as Davidson County or as a city. Wait, is that Tennessee stats or that's Davidson County stats? Oh, that's sorry. That's Tennessee stats Okay, uh, as a state. My, my bad. But so as a whole state, we don't make that much money, um, but uh, we also don't pay that much. Right. So I think with, you know, inflation and uh, cost of living and everything else that's going up, uh, maybe we're going to start seeing an upward trend in that, but who knows? And in case anybody wants to know, the cheapest area to live as far as property taxes in the United States is Hawaii. Um, but it's also the, the most expensive. Yeah. The median home value is $617,000. Alabama it comes in at 49th, Louisiana 48, West Virginia 47, Wyoming, South Carolina, Delaware. Uh, But then let's talk about some of the most expensive, uh, which number one comes in effectively at New Jersey. Their their per capita property taxes, which this is an average, is $3,074 a year uh, on a house that's about three hundred grand. 
Um, oh. And there's going up right now. Number two, which actually held the number one spot for about 40 years, is Illinois. Um, Illinois has a very high property tax rate. Then New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Vermont. So we're, we're kind of getting into the New England states. Uh, and then Texas, obviously, uh, comes in you know below that. But ultimately, if you're mad at this 34% property tax you know, uh, hike, we want to fa- make you feel a little bit more comfortable that you're still living in a cheap state and yeah. there's still no state income tax here. Right. I think another part of the problem is too, like Cooper ran on like not raising taxes, you sure. know, like that was his promise, but I think, you know, it wasn't his fault. He didn't get it. He didn't know his, his back was against the wall yeah. and you know, that's kind of what you have to do. Speaking of running and, uh, elections, we just recently had one here in the state of Tennessee. If you were living under a rock for the past few weeks and months, uh, you probably didn't have to be inundated with commercial after commercial after commercial, sometimes three in a row for the famous Republican Senate race between Bill Haggerty and one Dr. Manny Sethi. I mean, you would have thought they were the only two people running in the world for political (laughs) office. Because, I mean, we don't, like, we don't have cable. We don't really watch that much cable television or anything, so we don't see a ton of commercials, except for when we're watching, like, the news in the morning or at night. And it was, like, literally every single commercial was either for Manny Sethi or against Manny Sethi. Like... And insane. Yeah. Um, and then Bill Haggerty had a few. The funny story behind this is Manny Sethi uh, announced that he was running months and months and months ago. Bill Haggerty had no intention to run. He was the ambassador to the United States or ambassador to, in Japan to the United States. Right. Yep. Is right. that how you say it? Um, so basically, Dr. Manny Sethi starts running and then Trump comes out and says, hey, uh, if Bill Haggerty decided to run for Senate in, in the state of Tennessee, then I would back him. And at that point, Bill Haggerty, who, again, had no intention, was like, well, I guess I got to do it. Uh, I'm probably going to win pretty easily. That makes sense, because literally what I gathered from his whole platform is just, I will vote for whatever Donald Trump tells me to vote for or yes. whatever he wants. I will just like car- carbon copy vote for that. Here's another insane stat. Uh, The Republicans in this Senate race spent over $42 million combined in these ads, uh, running their campaigns across the state, making visits to every county. Bill Haggerty was even, he was campaigning the day of the election in like six different counties. So he he knew that Sethi was on his tails, I, I think. Uh, ultimately, when it all came down to it. Uh, it wasn't a, that close. Yeah. Um, a lot of people saw color in that election. So I think Bill Haggerty has a strong <laughs> male name. I don't know how to say it any better than that. I mean, dude, and Manny Sethi doubled down on every single like Republican talking point. Like... He had his mom on there, like speaking out about illegal immigrants. Like he was just like he went hard on a abortion, anti-abortion. Oh, all babies' lives matter. Oh my God, that that commercial. Like I don't, you know. Obviously, I, I'm more liberal. I'm a progressive. Like so, I, I don't. Those commercials don't speak to me. But when I'm watching them, I'm like, who is watching this and like buying into it? Like it's just such absurd craziness yeah and it's a lot of these group individual groups that are putting these commercials out and not manny sethi or bill haggerty yeah well that's it i I feel like a majority of bill haggerty ads were not they were put out by some uh pack or whatever you know like so that and that was a a fight and obviously bill haggerty wins by uh, about a hundred thousand votes statewide 
uh, I think Sethi won the big cities. Uh, but now let's talk about the other side of this Democratic uh, Senate primary or this Senate primary, which is the Democratic side, because there was a big surprise on this side. Um, there, the winner is, was an environmental activist from Memphis who raised less than $25,000 for her campaign and won the Democratic nomination. Hmm. Uh, she was going up against a guy, it's an old Army veteran named James Mackler, who he spent about $2.1 million on, the, on his Senate campaign, and she won by less, spending less than $25,000, which is absolutely insane. Um, she won by almost 50,000 votes, too. That, and, which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she graduated from the University of Memphis. Uh, she ran a, a volunteer. She's run so many volunteer campaigns. She's done so much for the environment. And she is the first black woman to be nominated for statewide office in either major political party. So go uh, Marquita Bradshaw. Uh, in fact, I'm on. I, I'm on your side now that you've won this. Like, if you can raise less than twenty five thousand dollars and win an election by that much, yeah, uh, let's go. But let's be honest. We also live in the state of Tennessee, and there's no way she's going to have a chance. Yeah, no, especially against the guy that just said he's going to do whatever Donald Trump wants. Like yeah. that. That's majority of Tennessee is on board with that. Honestly, I think we were talking about it earlier this week, but I was saying like I didn't see one Democratic sign. I didn't see one Democratic commercial for the Senate. I did not see anything. Like a couple days before the actual election day, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go online and like actually start looking up some of these people that are running because I literally have no idea about them. And I ended up landing on Marquita Bradshaw. Like I thought I liked her platform. I liked what she was saying. So like, you know, I was, I was, I'm for her, but like you said, probably not much of a chance. Well, I mean, yeah. Do you think that because we are a red state, they felt like they didn't need to spend the money because they they had no shot anyway. That's, that's something that I think the uh, Republican Senate primary, that's where all the money is spent. So now Bill Haggerty can probably just sit back and win. Uh, he'll, he'll throw out a couple of commercials, finding, digging up something that Marquita did back in college yeah. or something like that. And I, it'll be mudslinging. Yeah. Sorry. It yeah. will mudsling a couple of things oh, yeah. and win by a landslide. That's what I was going to say. There is going to be some borderline racist commercials attacking her. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully whoever decides to do that uh, succeeds Lamar Alexander and makes better choices than he has over the last eight years. Let me ask you a question here. Do you think that it has anything to do with the Marsha Blackburn, Phil Bredesen election? Because that was like a pretty high profile election. I feel like Phil Bredesen did okay, but he still didn't really come close to winning. But I mean, that was like a lot of money was spent on that. And we Democrats still didn't have a chance. Well, so Marsha, I thought Marsha Blackburn was a Republican. She is. Okay. Phil Bredesen's a Democrat. No, the, I'm saying for like the main election, like even like even when Bredesen was running in the primary, there was you were hearing more about like his campaign. Yeah, I'm just saying we didn't hear anything about Marquita Bradshaw. Oh we no, didn't, we didn't hear all. anything about Robin Kimbrough. We didn't hardly hear anything about James Mackler, and he spent over two million dollars. Like. I, yeah, I don't. I I didn't even know who two of those three were when I went to the polls. Yeah, no, I mean, the only reason I did is because I did some research beforehand because I just didn't want to go in just totally blind. Sure, the, but the main point here is we are entering election season. This is a big kickoff for the state of Tennessee. So whatever you do, early vote, mail-in vote, absentee vote, just vote. Uh, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. 
We just need to see more. Uh, a lot of the higher elected officials here in Nashville are saying this is, again, one of the most important elections that's ever going to happen uh, in the history of the country. Um, so get out there no matter what side you are on and, and show out and vote and show people that you care about what our government's doing, especially in a time like this. Uh, whether you're for or against any issue that is currently going on uh, in our city or state, uh, feel free to join that side. Don't just go silent and absent. I, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I would also want to add on to that, like, do some of your own research. Like, don't just believe sound bites. Don't believe headlines. Like, you know, read some differing opinions of what what you believe. Like, you know, just stop taking everything at face value on both sides, Democrats, Republicans, whatever. Like, everybody is full of shit trying to get elected. So make an educated decision. Commercials lie. Yeah. Well, we uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of Raising Nashville Podcast. Uh, as always, wherever you get your podcast, feel free to go on there and rate us, like us, uh, tell your friends. Uh, we are, again, search us at Raising Nashville Podcast, whether you're listening today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Go. God, there are so many out yeah, there. I, I don't even know what half of those are. Yeah, <laughs> but... Uh, again, feel free to tell your friends. We will be back every Monday. We're excited. We hope you guys are, and we will uh, see you next week. The science is welcome to Nashville From whatever road you've been down well, it seems like the first of the milestones For you is the city, the town Well, it's a quaint, old, mystical city Where legends and idols have stood It's a place where dreams come to harbor A country boy's Hollywood but it's lonely at sundown in Nashville That's when beaten souls start to weep Each evening at sundown in Nashville They sweep broken dreams off the street